0: This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson.
1: Welcome to Real Talk. On this, the last day of the month, January 31st, Ryan Jesperson here, John Hicks hanging out. We're gonna solve all the world's problems today, and we're grateful (laughs) to have you here with us. Hey, you were promising us a little bit later in the show we can track your polar bear, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited for that. Yeah, this was a Christmas gift. That's one of the coolest things I've ever heard of.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool. We'll talk about it more later. But my wife gave me like a they're, they're tracking endangered polar bears in and around Canada and. I've got a, a great little uh, furry friend named Cara, and she's making her way around Hudson Bay, and we're going we're gonna to look at the map and check it out.
1: Amazing. Does it let you know like when she's eating or when it she's does. hungry or when she's swimming 50 kilometers at a time? It's
2: so awesome, but at the same time, I've heard there's some negatives to this because you can track all sorts of things like sharks and everything, and I had a friend who got this as a gift as well, and he was tracking a shark for like... you. They give you three years or something like that. He was tracking it for a year and a half, and then it was, disappeared off the radar yeah
1: bum 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 so
2: it uh real life
1: yeah and Lessons he contacted
2: he contacted the app and like what was what what's up and they're like either poachers or you know just uh, see, I the, wouldn't the think they would think the circle of life, it could Tell the
1: kids when, like, the dog went to the farm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you say the battery died on the tracker, yeah. that's what happened. It was the battery failing. Uh, the National Hockey League will celebrate its all stars coming up over the next number of days. The NHL All Star Weekend, obviously, an opportunity for fans around the world to marvel at the skill sets of these players, the legends. Still playing in the next crop of players coming up, but the National Hockey League finds itself in a, well, a bit of a conundrum, maybe an uncomfortable position with the passing of the legendary goal scorer, Bobby Hall. Uh, inarguably, one of the greatest, a 600-plus goal scorer who would have had way more in the NHL had he not departed to support the, at that time, fledgling WHA, the first to sign for a million dollars with the Winnipeg Jets, the man they called the Golden Jet, one of the greatest Chicago Blackhawks, one of the greatest snipers of all time, memorialized the Stanley Cup champion outside of Chicago's barn with a statue, Bobby Hall and Stan Mikita But as we read, Mark Lazarus, one of the many hockey commentators writing about Bobby Hall in today at theathletic.com, Bobby Hall's off ice transgressions can't be set aside to celebrate his on ice greatness. Here's the thing if you don't know Bobby Hall's story all that well, well, quite frankly, He was a bad dude. Mm -hmm. He was a bad dude who said that on the record in an interview, Adolf Hitler had some good ideas. He expressed his concern with the rapid growth, his take of the African-American population in the United States. He was accused of domestic violence in at least two of his three marriages He was an abusive man. He was a hate-driven man. And this weekend, the Chicago Blackhawks and the National Hockey League will be forced to make a tough decision. What do you think of when you think of Bobby Hall? How do you memorialize Bobby Hall? What is the right way to remember? Now, of course, the Chicago Blackhawks are in an especially tough position because, you know you will remember that, of course, this is the organization that promised its fan base it would do better. After that story from 2010 involving their former prospect, Kyle Beach surfaced, uh, prioritizing a, a predator, a video coach on their payroll over that at that time young player the Chicago Blackhawks have have had a complicated history with the Wirtz family their ownership group and now fans are going to be asking what is the right way to remember a hockey player that was on ice one of the all-time greats now nobody I don't think is expecting the Chicago Blackhawks to pull down the statue Of Bobby Hall outside the arena but as we look around us and we see other statues coming down you might ask well why not this is something that I was thinking about all day yesterday with the news of Bobby Hall's passing what is the right way to remember and we wanted to put it out to you, Real Talkers. We wanted to solicit your thoughts. And so we're going to keep an eye on the live chat as this show unfolds. Of course, you can always hit us up on Twitter with our hashtag, #RealTalkRJ, And I'd be curious to know your thoughts on what you think is appropriate. Of course, in past, when you look at NHL Hall of Famers, or in any sport for that matter, when a Hall of Famer or an all-time great passes away, When something like the All-Star Game comes around, you might see their number in the ends of the ice, in what they used to call Gretzky's office, behind the nets. You would see certainly players wearing that player's number, Hall's iconic number nine, with black stickers or perhaps patches on their jerseys, helmet stickers, jersey patches, or otherwise, a way to remember that legacy. But this one is different. This situation's different because the hockey world right now, especially, I think it's fair to say, is trying to figure out exactly where it lands on issues of social justice, in the area of social responsibility. It wasn't too long ago that we were talking about the Philadelphia Flyers and Ivan Provorov, their defenseman, that exercised his right to religious freedom to decline to participate in the warm-up skate during the Flyers' Pride Night. He said that his religious beliefs stood in the way of him donning a sweater that had the pride colors, the rainbow letters of his last name and his number. Those jerseys obviously auctioned off later for charity. The hockey world, of course, has also been rocked by allegations involving Team Canada's World Junior teams and other situations that have forced the fan base into uncomfortable areas where we have to ask ourselves how much does the off-ice stuff matter now i went on the record and said that i thought with ivan provorov that if he sat out of the warm up that he should have sat out of the game that the flyers should have made the decision to keep provorov in the dressing room or up in the press box And I appreciate a friend of mine who called me to the carpet a couple of days ago, and she asked if she could have a few minutes to talk about it. And I really respect her opinions on a lot of things in life and business and family and friendship. She said that she didn't necessarily disagree with me, but what concerned her was the attitudes that she saw around her, the automatic piling on Ivan Provorov, who didn't say anything offensive, didn't say anything hateful, just declined to participate in the pride night. And she wanted me to wrestle with, and I have since she asked me to, the premise that people are ostracized or in some circumstances tried to cancel. People tried to cancel other people that don't necessarily participate In these types of events, in these types of team supportive initiatives, like, for example, Pride Night with some franchises. Did you pay much attention to Eugene Melnick's ownership, Johnny, when he was in Ottawa? I did, yeah. He's since passed, but Eugene Melnick reportedly got super pissed off Mm -hmm. when the Ottawa Senators were talking about holding a pride night. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that didn't want that for his franchise. And the Ottawa Senators have been hesitant. As a matter of fact, have been on the outside looking in of these types of initiatives. Mm-hmm. Well, people now are talking about the Ottawa Senators in a bit of a different context. And that is that Jordan Peterson, of course, you know Jordan Peterson, the the University of of Toronto professor, uh, the, the author, the public speaker, the guy with millions of followers on Twitter and millions of subscribers on YouTube. Well, the Ottawa Senators venue, the Canadian Tire Center, just last night hosted Jordan Peterson. And hockey writers like Ian Kennedy, you might call him a progressive Hockey scribe has been very critical of the senators for hosting it. He says, as the NHL's hockey is for everyone campaign states, the NHL believes that all hockey programs, all of them, should provide a safe, positive, and inclusive environment for players and families, regardless of race, color, religion, national origin, gender identity, disability, sexual orientation, or socioeconomic status. He writes that with the event on January 30th, that that commitment to a safe and inclusive environment was challenged. Of course, Jordan Peterson kind of in a way made his name, at least gleaned his initial flood of followers with his refusal to recognize the pronouns or the gender identities of some of the students that were taking his classes at the University of Toronto. And in doing that, he quickly became a hero for many people that I think have felt forced into areas of support that, well, they certainly don't align with. And it's getting a lot of people thinking. It got me thinking when I looked at this uh, controversy around Jordan Peterson at the Canadian Tire Center for this event. It reminded me of several years ago when Jordan Peterson was scheduled to speak in Edmonton. At the Citadel Theater. And the Citadel's board at that time decided to cancel the event. There was outcry from people who, of course, were concerned about the attitudes that Jordan Peterson might bring to that venue. Uh, The protest was essentially that the message that Peterson would ostensibly deliver would conflict, would fly in the face of the values of the Citadel Theater and Edmonton's arts community. And it forces us to answer questions about where we believe that some freedoms begin and other freedoms might stop. You know, this show was tagged in a tweet. Can you, can you tell that my brain's been working at a million miles an hour over the last 24 hours? I appreciate this uh, tweet from a, a real talker by the name of Jesse who reached out to us and, and asked if we'd been following a story involving the Law Society of Alberta, Of course, it was the the College of uh, Psychologists of Ontario that had been very critical of Dr. Jordan Peterson just a short time ago. We talked about it on this show. They said that if he wanted to maintain his professional credentials, that he was going to have to participate in a social media re-education. Well, there's something else happening in Alberta involving the Alberta Law Society you know, the the 94 recommendations of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, that report that the, all Canadians have been encouraged to read and respond to, put a specific challenge in front of our nation's legal professors and legal practitioners, lawyers, judges, and others, that they educate themselves, better educate themselves on the indigenous history in this country that we now call Canada. Now, what came of that with the Law Society of Alberta was a course. It was a course called The Path. It was enacted in 2020, and it was a requirement at this point for all Alberta lawyers to take it. It's free. It takes about five hours, and it teaches indigenous cultural competency, and lawyers that don't participate face suspension. Well, some lawyers are pushing back And there's been a petition that now, of course, is starting to surface outside of legal circles. It's a lawyer based out of Calgary by the name of Roger Song. He's the first signatory of that petition. He's the organizer of the effort. He says that when he moved to Canada as an adult and attended law school in Alberta, this mandatory course and the penalty for failing to complete it reminded him of his time in China, he says, the law society can impose whatever education program if they believe that that type of program is necessary for lawyers, and that type of regime is wrong. What's prompted other lawyers to step forward, like Glenn Blackett, who wrote a piece in the Western Standard. It's it's a right wing independent news outlet based out of Alberta. You remember Derek Fildebrandt, the former MLA. It's it's his platform and. Glenn Blackett's column from about a week and a half ago, the headline reads, Wokeness Captures Alberta's Law Society. He's one of those that's pushing back, writing that, quote, the radical activist and authoritarian movement known as Woke captured a vast array of Canadian institutions. He says it's now infiltrating professions through various professional regulators. He cites Jordan Peterson, Ontario, and of course he writes about this story involving the Law Society of Alberta. He says, even if the Law Society has the power to implement a course like this, there's no shoehorn long enough to cram the foot of cultural competency into the shoe of continuing professional development. He says the path is a re-education into a brand of wokeness called decolonization. In quotes, he has it. He says it employs a postmodern ideology and relies on a clumsy and distorted history to demonstrate Canada's historical relationships with indigenous communities is largely one of racism and genocide, evils which somehow remain lodged in Canadian law and legal structures. I don't know how you feel about this on the pushback at the PATH program, on the role that regulatory bodies like the Alberta Law Society would play in ensuring that their practitioners, that their lawyers in this case, are up to speed where they need to be to reflect priorities with general society. In this case, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. It means a lot to us when real talkers take the time to send us an email, to to pour out their thoughts, and that's exactly what Marianne did to talk at RyanJesperson.com after Supriya DeVetti and I were talking about Jordan Peterson a short time ago on the show, and of course you can find that wherever you get your podcasts or in our YouTube archive. Marianne said, I sure enjoyed that frank discussion uh, between you and Supriya, Ryan, regarding what the Ontario... College of, Psychologists, the College of Psychologists of Ontario is doing, you know, putting Jordan Peterson up against the wall. She says we've all been part of conversations where an entire profession or trade is targeted because of the actions of the few. Teachers, doctors, lawyers, mechanics. She says I grew up in Alberta where Jim Keegstra, you remember him, in Edson, Alberta, lost his license because he was teaching that the Holocaust is a Jewish conspiracy. No, Eckville, pardon me, not Edson. Teaching that the Holocaust was a Jewish conspiracy. For years, says Marianne. And to maintain the integrity of these professions and trades, regulator, uh, regulatory bodies must step up and take action to ensure that their members represent their profession honestly. If they don't, then the public trust erodes in these groups, and we cannot allow this erosion to happen. Marianne, who's an educator, says, when students ask me for the definition of integrity, I simplify the concept by saying that it's doing the right thing, even though it might not be easy. She says, well, speaking out against Jordan Peterson in this way is not easy, but it is right and his misinformation discredits the institutions that the public must have confidence in. The college may lose the mudslinging battle that's about to ensue, but they should still fight the fight. It's worthwhile and necessary and should open up further conversations regarding concerns of misinformation. The bullshit, says Marianne, that everyone's spewing because of so-called free speech. She says, I love that the show forces us to think about these things, keep pumping it out. Well, we will. We promise. And so it brings us back to a story like memorializing Bobby Hall. It's uncomfortable, isn't it? What is the right way to remember? You can't deny that Bobby Hall is one of the greatest National Hockey League goal scorers of all time. You also can not deny that he was quite frankly, a bad person. And so I'm curious to know with hockey fans how you're responding. Where your head's at on this. Johnny, can we put up the picture of me back in? I guess it was about 2007. I because I
2: had this here, and I'm like, are we going to show this? But yeah, this, so this, this is, happens.
1: You know? I met Bobby Hall, and here we are, big smiles and thumbs up. At that time, I was playing for a beer league team called the Red Deer Jets. And mm-hmm. so we always tried to get hockey celebrities in as many photos with our sweater as we could. At this time, maybe shame on me, I didn't know about Bobby Hall's legacy off the ice. Mm-hmm. And I used that legacy in a cynical sense. I didn't know that he had been a notorious Abuser. I didn't know that he had gone on the record. And and at that point, quite frankly, maybe he hadn't said some of the things that were later walked back in statements that were published in the New York Times, as an example, most likely written by crisis communicators Mm -hmm. or PR professionals. But yesterday, what year was that? Right there, yeah, two thousand seven. So the so other—that was about th- fifteen years ago. The
2: other thing is, and as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about transparency and people are kind of scared of it nowadays. They don't want to air their dirty laundry. They don't want everyone to know about what they do. But it's a good thing. I mean, you didn't know the internet wasn't as vast as it was today. People didn't air their opinions all the time. You didn't know everyone's way of life. And you know, this happens like. We end up supporting people we don't necessarily agree with. I did it a year ago in Kelowna. I opened for a rapper. And then a week later, he started putting up conspiracy videos on how the vaccine was created to kill children. And it just, it happens. We support people we don't necessarily agree with because we don't know.
1: Alyssa's watching. She says, Anybody who uses the word woke unironically is an unserious person. Sharon Morin, who's <laughs> been on our show before, just absolutely adores Sharon, uh, says a five hour course for the Alberta Law Society. People can't even take the five hours. She says, Learning Canadian history is not woke. We've got other people that are talking about, you know, the Law Society in particular. You know, Emma says these lawyers are talking about taking a free five hour course like it's something oppressive to them. Michael says Alberta Health Services, healthcare workers are required to take an indigenous education module. It's great. What's the big deal? Michael, I didn't know that. I'll tell you, I'm grateful to hear it because we understand that there are systemic racism issues in healthcare that are undeniable. Uh, talk to anybody with lived experience talk to people working in healthcare many of them if not most of them will acknowledge that but how do we reconcile with jordan peterson's fan base millions of people how do we process that ivan provorov's sweater sold out his jersey <laughs> sold out at nhl.com i couldn't believe it I couldn't believe it. And are we getting to a point now, though, where we're putting up walls and barriers where we're losing the ability for the art of conversation?
2: We are. And I think it starts with, like I said, transparency. We just need more truth. We need to teach history as it happened. I don't care if you're left, right, if you think the person was good or not. I mean, we could go through every person who we put on a pedestal. Martin Luther King had things he said. That were not necessarily, I consider right, but I think he did a lot of right things too. People always talking about how Obama was one of the greatest presidents ever. He also had the record for the most drone strikes by any president ever. So, I mean, everyone, we just got to be more transparent. We got to know everyone's dirty laundry. And that's the only way people can change, right?
1: Garth (laughs) sent us an email a while ago. As a matter of fact, on Sunday, a couple days ago, and he said, this is my first time emailing the show. And I I can tell that he was thinking about this for a while. He says, I I, I thought that this topic warranted me saying something regarding the pride night with the Philadelphia Flyers. And he says, I don't have a problem with the position that you took on it. And I thought that my position was kind of measured. I mean, there were the people that celebrated what Ivan Provorov did. And even within that camp, there's probably different perspectives. There's probably, can I just say, homophobes and hate mongers.
2: Well, they're the ones who bought the jerseys.
1: But there are also probably people that are just concerned about the fact that millions of people are piling on a guy for exercising his religious right to withdraw his participation in Mm -hmm. something that has nothing to do with the game that he's paid to play.
2: But do you agree that these these nights help? that we should have them.
1: Undeniably.
2: Because I look at teams like the Washington Capitals. They've never had a pride night. Why do you think that is? I bet you it's because Ovechkin would be wishy-washy on whether he would go out there too because I know he's... Russian Orthodox as well. Well, so. I wonder
1: if that might be something that they talk to him about. So that's and it some- is a big step when a franchise does it. It was a huge step. I mean, we had Dr. Christopher Wells on the show just a while ago in response to this Provrov thing. And, and why did we have Dr. Wells on? Well, because he's one of the co-founders of, of Pride Tape right which is has has been a marketing phenomenon mm-hmm. and has done unbelievable things by the way there's going to be a ton of rolls of pride tape at the real talk pond <laughs> hockey classic coming up on saturday in st albert but i digress johnny and i are going to tell you a little bit uh, a little bit more about that tournament coming up a little bit later on in the show but dr wells was talking about the impact that it had when his Hometown team, our hometown team, the Edmonton Oilers were the first mm-hmm. under captain at that time, Andrew Ference, to rep Pride tape in warm-ups And why was it maybe maybe especially significant in Edmonton, in northern Alberta? Because I think a lot of people in the hockey community or around the world look at a province like Alberta. They think
2: it's the last, place and they it think would it's happen.
1: a bunch of rednecks. Yeah. They don't think that it would happen here. But in fact, this is a franchise that was one of the first, if not the first, as well, to include a land acknowledgement at the beginning of its games. I mean, Chief uh, Wilton Littlechild, an absolute legend, mm-hmm. welcomes fans and delivers that land acknowledgement via video on the Jumbotron before every game. So Garth writes in and, and he says, I don't have a problem, Ryan, with the position that you took on Provorov. That's the freedom that we enjoy in a democracy. However, says Garth. An NHL player's job is to play the sport and to entertain the fans. And I have to ask why people are being forced to hypocritically support something that democracy has given them the right to opt out of. He says, I'm pretty sure there's not a clause in his contract that says he must support pride. Now, by the way, some pieces, some pages of Provarov's contract have leaked, mm-hmm. uh, if they are to be believed. But they have I have seen them from some reputable sources. And there is a clause in there about supporting team-sanctioned events.
2: Yeah, it's like the All-Star Game, etc.
1: So, you, you know, they say events that are good for the brand of the Flyers, events that are good for the health of the team. I'm paraphrasing. So there is that. But back to Garth's email. He says, now, Ryan, based on your position and other media figures, uh, I suppose I can require you, and and by the way, uh, for purposes of this, Garth is uh, a black man, by the way, he says, uh, other media figures, I can require you to make pro-black or pro-Caribbean statements on your show to alleviate whatever insecurities I may or may not have. He says, athletes aren't social justice warriors. If they choose to pick up that cross, then good for them, but as a black man, I don't get upset with whether or not people choose to be an ally. He says, just like I will not stop listening to your show after you have decided that my request for a pro-black statement is ridiculous that from garth well i don't think it's ridiculous and this show does support black lives matter and of course this show does uh i i believe uh, as a bedrock uh have a desire to champion initiatives for for equity uh for diversity for inclusion garth i'll take your point and i appreciate your email
2: party on garth
1: party on wayne <laughs> but it does bring us back to the question of opting in opting out mm-hmm.
2: That's i mean what- is Go ahead. No, that's what I was, we were talking about this on another show this week. Do we, it's, it's either you're all in or we just don't have the nights and I'm not on the same boat as you. We need the nights. I think there's going to be more issues that come up. There's going to be more nights we need to have in the future, but it it comes at the detriment of some players who, I mean, there was a, a comment right here uh, a minute ago from Lance who said, just don't dig deep into the personal lives of people you admire. Hmm. And it's true. You'll you'll be disappointed.
1: It's the idea. People say never meet your heroes. Mm-hmm.
2: And go back to this picture of you guys.
1: Yeah. Lauren says, you know, if we had a redo button, oftentimes we would do something different. And, and defending a past action doesn't always defend that action or truth. Tracy says, remember, individual rights cannot trample or hurt collective rights. A different Tracy. Tracy D says, withdrawing participation speaks volumes like local politicians standing next to upside down Canadian flags while they take media questions. It speaks volumes. Yeah, Tracy D, not to mention with Confederate flags flying in the background, right? Brad says, I had the opportunity to raise 80 grand for cancer. at a boy, And he says, and ride alongside Lance Armstrong. Brad's a big cyclist. He said he was not proven guilty for doping at that time, but 80 grand was raised and I don't, regret this Mm -hmm.
2: now something like that is (laughs) i mean doping i mean do you think it's different there's so many people doping in every sport there is so i'm just like you know is that the worst lance armstrong has done try to win try to be the best
1: kathy says the problem is that history is written by the victors and it's never honest I was thinking long and hard after reading John Ibbotson's recent column in the Globe and Mail. encourage you to subscribe like we do. Support media. Boy, oh boy, look at all these layoffs that have been happening over the past couple of days. By the way, it is on our radar, obviously. Every February. John Ibbotson wonders in his opinion piece published January 24th. Why should Sir John A. take all the blame for Canada's injustices to indigenous peoples? I'm not trying to draw lines between all these stories, but I was reflecting on this yesterday and, and scribbling down notes. Real talkers to to deliver these thoughts to you today, and hopefully disperse some thoughts with you. And I have no doubt our email inbox will be flooded here. But thinking about that statue of Bobby Hull outside Chicago's arena, the Stanley Cup champion, the all-time great, the 600 goals scorer, the you know one of the best of his generation. It's kind of ironic, as a matter of fact, with Bobby Hall and Stan Makita's statues side by side. Stan Makeda revered as one of mm-hmm. the sports greatest gentlemen, as one of the sports greatest ambassadors. But as more and more people focus on Bobby Hall and his office problems, his problematic positions, the fact that he abused his wives <laughs> never mind his comments about hitler never mind his comments about african americans in the united states but how much longer does that statue stay up i don't think the chicago blackhawks are going to tear it down uh, it's
2: it's going to be really interesting to see what they do here cuz they've had some issues here the 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 allegations against patrick kane and then moving into the kyle beach stuff and then saying we're going to do everything in our power to change and now this happens i would not want to be on their pr team
1: and what about week? the wurtz family themselves mm-hmm. the owners saying as you're looking uh, in initiatives of reconciliation you know the, the the edmonton elks football club changing its name what are they called now the washington commanders mm-hmm. uh the football team there in the national football league You look at some of the baseball clubs that of course the atlanta braves have Uh, changed their logo. We we see different franchises taking different moves in that context. The Chicago Blackhawks have made it very clear that this is not on the table for them. So they're not going to make that move. But we do live in an era, we do live in an age where more and more people are looking to have some statues come down. They want buildings or neighborhoods or parkways renamed. And that's what John Ibbotson writes about in The Globe. He says, in the latest Indignity... Visited upon the memory of Canada's first prime minister, Ottawa's National Capital Commission has announced plans to substitute an indigenous name for what is now known as the Sir John A. Macdonald Parkway. It's a prominent road, obviously, in Ottawa. He wonders, why does everyone pick on Sir John A. and not Sir Wilfred? He says, Wilfred Laurier, one of Canada's most beloved prime ministers, expanded the residential school system and suppressed a report In 1907 that revealed that the schools were cruel and unsafe. They knew at that time and they suppressed it. He says his interior minister Clifford Sifton dispossessed First Nations of their land in order to promote settlement in the prairies. His government blocked. We're talking about Wilfrid Laurier. His government blocked black and Chinese immigrants from entering Canada. He says, but although Ryerson University has been renamed Toronto Metropolitan University on the grounds that Edgerton Ryerson helped establish the residential school system, Wilfrid Laurier University has no plans to change its name. Laurier streets across the nation remain untouched. Renaming Ottawa's Chateau Laurier Hotel is unthinkable. What about the Fairmont Hotel McDonald in Edmonton? He says McDonald's likeness has been banished from the $10 bill. Replaced by Viola Desmond, Laurier remains on the five. McDonald's statues have been toppled or removed in Charlottetown, Montreal, Kingston, Hamilton, Regina, Victoria, and elsewhere. But I can find no record of a Laurier statue being carted off to storage. So how do we decide? These are complicated matters, aren't they? I was thinking yesterday, of course, a lot about what Charles Adler brought to the table on the show. Now, this isn't the same sort of a thing, but in the context of whether or not we have the ability to discuss or dialogue these important issues with people with whom we disagree, in other words, the Provorov situation in Philadelphia, is it black and white or are there shades of gray here And how a situation like that should be handled? Are there shades of gray in how we process the the obligation that a league or a team or a franchise or an organization might have to participate in these societal initiatives? Adler yesterday essentially talking about how he felt like he couldn't be honest anymore. He felt like he was so nervous about the mob coming after him on social media that he had been disingenuous. If you didn't hear the interview yesterday, that was off the cuff, my friends. That was not planned. And it blew me back on my heels. Johnny, can we, can we take just a, a quick second of what Adler had to say yesterday? We pulled a couple of clips. Yeah, I you, hope if,
2: this if, is the right one. If, you know, <laughs> It doesn't
1: matter. I think both of them work. And I'm going to ask you to play them almost back to back. So shoot one my way. And, and here's a bit of what Charles had to say yesterday. All of us just don't want conflict. I think we're conflict-averse. And sometimes we say things that will reduce the level of conflict. Am I rationalizing being dishonest with you about my values? Probably. But I think it's a conversation that needs to take place. And I think all of us can find examples where we're not telling the truth 100% of the time, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, because we just don't want any trouble. That made me think of the Ivan Provorov situation. Exactly. And it made me wonder if there were some people that were actually a little bit uncomfortable with the amount or or the vociferous nature of that blowback that Provorov was receiving for exercising his right to withdraw his participation. Now, let me be clear. I am on the record of uh, how I feel about that. I felt like it was in poor taste. It was disappointing. I thought that it took away from the Pride night. I thought that the bigger story, and Dr. Wells talked about this on the show, needed to be that there was almost unanimous buy-in to that night. That two of the Flyers players had actually stepped forward and with their own money, and sure they've got lots of it, but still with their own money, are rolling out a new program that will bring LGBTQ hockey fans to games and put them in the seats and ensure that they feel welcome in that rink as hockey looks to to broaden its skate print, if you will. But it made me think about that, about how many people just jump onto one side or another, and and maybe we've lost our ability to have these nuanced conversations that Bobby Hall's passing is forcing us to have this week. You can let us know what you think about this to talk at Ryan Not everybody loved what Charles had to say yesterday. I don't know if you were reading some of the comments on Twitter, but
2: I off, uh, there was a few things he said yesterday. Even I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that, but well, that's okay. That's great debate. I love that. Was right? there one so, that
1: jumps out in your mind that, that sort of stuck with you or.
2: I think when he was, you know, uh, he was talking about Evander Kane and everything. I, I still think Evander Kane has a road to travel here to get, people's trust and respect back. Again, there's another hockey player where, you know, it's different from Bobby Hall. Bobby Hall went to, to his grave never apologizing publicly f- for what he said. Kane looks like he's trying to turn a new leaf, but I, I still have, you yeah. know, I read some of the stories and a lot of them people say they aren't true. Some are true, but there were there were some things in his past that are, that are very troubling,
1: very troubling. I was at a kid's birthday party like three weekends ago and a guy walked through the facility. You know, it was like one of those play parks, and the kids are there. And a guy walked through with an Evander Kane sweater on, mm-hmm. an Evander Kane jersey. And it's not the same as walking through with a Zach Hyman or Ryan Nugent Hopkins it's or not. Tyson Berry or Jack Campbell jersey. It's different. It's almost saying something, right? It's almost saying something, even if it's not. Mm-hmm. It's like wearing a Provorov jersey now. Mm-hmm. But there were fans of Ivan Provorov. He's, he's he's an all-star defenseman. He's a great defenseman. He's a strong hockey player. Mm-hmm. He is. And I bet you that there were probably some people that had Provorov jerseys that when they saw all this happening went, oh, shit. Because they knew exactly what that meant moving forward. And mm-hmm. yet at the same time, there were thousands of people that bought new ones and
2: I don't even like talking about Kane right now because you know everyone loves him right now you know with with the injury and coming back and scoring the other night and and yeah he's a great athlete but you know so was Bobby Hall and just I, I don't know with with Evander Kane there's a lot of things a lot you know where there's smoke there's fire kind of thing but do I believe that people who you know are you know accused of domestic violence or things like that can turn a new leaf I do do I believe people who have gambling addictions can be cured? I do. So, again, it's a thing where I'm not. I'm not trying to burn him to the ground. I'm just saying that, like, I, I would never purchase and wear an Evander Kane jersey. Is is just what I would
1: say. Yeah. I appreciate that we can have these conversations because if we can't have these conversations on a show that's called Real Talk, then why the hell are we even showing up? You know, Chad in our live chat says, we need people to speak their mind, even if it's just so we can actually understand the prevailing mindsets in our communities. Chad, if you were throwing darts, that would be right in the middle of the board. I appreciate that. Tracy says, my dad used to say you could respect the expertise of somebody, but that doesn't mean you have to respect their person. See, I've asked the question this morning in promoting the show, We should probably mention some of our sponsors at some point. Hey, Johnny, now that we're about 50 minutes in.
2: I can tell you came in today, though, with with a mission. You're like, there's too much to talk about I feel like
1: this community, I mean, the people that join us live and the people that join us later and the people that send us the emails and the people that respond to our social media posts, this is a community that expects that we have meaningful conversations about things, and if not this, then what? I mean, I've been tying together some of these stories in the news, but I think that they all have something in common, And so when we promoted the content of today's show and we asked what is the right way to remember in the context of Bobby Hall, we got some interesting comments like Richard, for example, who says, you know, I remember him, Bobby Hall, when he was a bat boy in Ontario. I mean, how long ago is that? Says he'd come in and play pitcher and hitter and was friendly and open. And as a hockey player, he was fantastic. And then he was speaking at a company function. And that was not good. I wonder if there's a story there, Richard. Joe says, and we ask, what's the right way to remember? Joe responds and says, well, not the way that the CBC did last night when they went on about his poor personal life and his failed marriages. I mean, failed marriages is is a pretty glossed over way of talking about a, a serial spousal abuser. But is it relevant in how we celebrate someone's legacy or how we remember them? Real Talkers will put that out to you, and I have no doubt that we're going to have some pretty articulate and insightful thoughts to share from your emails in shows to come. These conversations don't happen without teams like California Closets. Right now, they want to remind you that they're doing custom closet storage solutions for the entire home. So while, of course, the name might suggest what I've been telling you in past, that they can absolutely elevate your closet game in ways that you might not even realize yet. I mean, I have a whole area in one drawer set aside for cufflinks, and they're all perfectly organized. And oh my gosh, don't get me started on where my pocket squares go. But also kitchens and living rooms and great rooms and feature walls and Murphy beds and garages. Yeah, that's right. You can make the most of your space with their custom organizational systems. Nobody does it better than the team at California Closets. It all starts with a free design consultation today at californiaclosets.ca. Hey, we're sounding the alarm that tomorrow, I mean, assuming you're listening to this show the day that we're doing it tomorrow, it is 15% off. At Friesen Brothers, 16 locations across the province of Alberta from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., a minimum $75 uh, grocery purchases knocks 15% off your bill if you're shopping for your family or even if you're just shopping for yourself. You know these days that's a big deal. Politicians are going to try to find ways for you to opt out of inflation. Maybe you could do that with Friesen Brothers. (laughs) Johnny's like, "Uh uh-oh, we're getting an email. 15% off, Friesen Brothers across Alberta. That's coming up on Wednesday, February 1st. Alberta growing and Alberta owned. You know, another great way to save money, especially with utilities getting more and more expensive, is to consider your options to go green. And Kubi Renewable Energy has established itself as Western Canada's most reputable and busiest solar installer. Was lucky enough to be at the Edmonton Chamber Ball over the weekend, Saturday night, at the Edmonton Convention Center. Yeah, you're seeing it right there on the screen. Did you know that Kubi did the entire solar installation on the exterior of the Mm. Edmonton Convention Center, including that Braille poem that's there? I mean, they can do the big installs like the Convention center warehouses agricultural applications some of the biggest barns you've ever seen are going solar because it makes sense in ag these days but of course also residential installations as well you can check out all of their products and services and learn more about an interest-free loan from the feds 40 grand interest-free over 10 years to get solar up on your roof with kubi energy And a big shout out to our friends as well at Local Environmental Services. Some people say it's only garbage. Uh, Not to these guys. You know, if you're running a small business or if you're running a big business, you got to have a bin out back. And you know that this can get costly, especially if the company that you're dealing with is based in New York City. New York City! Local Environmental Services is family owned, family run. When you call them, a human being picks up the phone if you're doing business in Edmonton or Whitecourt or Regina and area, basically Alberta and Saskatchewan, keep it local today at localenvironmental.ca. Tell us about this polar bear tracking that's going on.
2: <laughs> Let's lighten things up a bit. You want to lighten been... <laughs> things
1: up a bit? We're going to talk about technology and innovation in just a second with yeah. The Leading Edge, presented by Leading Edge Physiotherapy. But this, this Christmas gift you got is something super special.
2: Incredible, yeah. And of course, my partner, Jatinder, always gets the best gifts. I go out and you know blow the money on the things she wants, and then she gets the sentimental stuff that just, oh, I'm like... How did you think of this? This is amazing because we're always talking about, you know, animal conservation and the environment. So she got me, uh, it's kind of like a subscription. It's uh, Polar Bears International it has this app called Fallow or Falo, Follow. I don't know. Maybe it's follow. That makes sense. It's got to be follow. Follow. (laughs) Uh, But basically, you can track animals. And like I was telling you, you can track fish. You can track wildlife. And uh, so basically, they're tracking them, obviously, for conservation efforts. So uh, I got this gift to follow Kara. And Kara is a polar bear.
1: Did you name Kara?
2: No, right there. Boom. Okay. So that's her name. Kara uh, first observed as a yearling accompanying her mother while waiting for sea ice to form on Hudson Bay. So they've been following since she was born and uh, it's great because every morning I have this thing right on the fridge. It's got a QR code in the corner. Every morning when I'm getting my uh, morning shake or coffee, I just put my phone up to it and boom, this morning I see her. There she is. She's out on some frozen ice on Hudson Bay. I'll zoom out a bit here so you can see, but there's from the time I got the uh, present there, that green dot, how far she's traveled over the last... Month or so, which seems incredible to me. But the other thing is, I I see that she's like out in the middle of the like they live out there on the ice. So
1: Wyatt and I were reading about. This is why when you were when you were talking about this, I was so excited to learn a little bit more and get some insight on this map that you're showing because. Wyatt, our seven-year-old and I, were reading about polar bears just the other day and mm-hmm. it blew my mind. to re- Now, of course, we know that their ice flows are disappearing and we understand that, that climate change is having an impact on obviously a ton of different animal populations, including polar bears, but I did not realize, I mean, obviously they hunt and they swim and they live in these frigid and de- demanding environments. Mm-hmm. You know a polar bear can swim 50 kilometers at a time? Like if you Jeez. think of how far that is, like a swimming pool is twenty five meters. Four lengths is a hundred meters. Forty lengths is one kilometer. Like forty times fifty. Can you imagine it's swimming that long? Yeah, absolutely unbelievable animals. And I
2: was wondering that too. I was like, is it even frozen out? I guess it's frozen out in the middle of Hudson Bay, right?
1: Oh, don't ask me. Or buddy. is he
2: just? Is she just swimming around out there Maybe all day? Swimming around and hunting. Hunting. That's what I figured. Yeah.
1: So so cool super cool that kind of reminds me of like it's like the the christmas gifts or the whatever the holiday gifts anniversary gifts whenever people give them Mm -hmm. where you can like name a star after someone or name a planet after someone that is
2: exactly the way my partner is she also she also got me a keychain loop that says drive safe on it because she knows i i like she's the better driver she drives a speed limit all the time i'm not saying i race around or whatever but you know if i'm late for work i'm the one you know Kind of putting the pedal to the metal. So she's got me this little thing for my keychain. She's like, it's just my peace of mind thing to know that you're safe while you're driving. And it's just, yeah, she's awesome. She wins I've, all the time. And then I'm like, you know, here's all the clothes and stuff you wanted. And <laughs> I've, I've got my very own
1: keychain. Yeah, about about four foot one, about fifty five pounds. That sits in the back seat. Uh, yeah, there you go. We were at a red light the other day, and I checked my GPS. I checked my Google Maps, and all I hear from the back is phone driving. <laughs> <laughs> I went. Well, kiddo, we're stopped. He goes phone driving. My I said, wife's the same point way. taken. My point wife taken does not I touch
2: her phone at all. I don't do it anymore. Like I here's here we go talking about our transgressions and things. I used to be that person who like looked at my phone while I was driving, sure. and then now I don't at all. But I'm the same guy. At a stoplight, I pick it up. Mm. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know.
2: but you can get you don't even get a ticket just for doing that. Hundred percent, right? and I've I actually got one. Yeah, at a stoplight just for and the cop came up and he was like, "What were you doing?" And I was like, "Oh, just checking the map, see where I was going." He's like, "Really?" The map on Facebook? Like he knew. <laughs> Boom, like $380 ticket. He's,
1: he's like, I'm your friend on Facebook. I saw that you just liked my post so from I, the red light. So I avoid it now. Yeah. Well, I, I love the polar bear tracker. That's super cool. Amazing. And it, and yeah, it we'll kind check of, kind it. of um, sets the stage for us. You know, every Tuesday, uh, thanks to our friends at Leading Edge Physiotherapy, I mean, this entire team is all about innovation, particularly in health and wellness. But when we talk to them about supporting this show, about supporting real talk, they wanted to make sure that we. We were putting game-changing innovation on your radar every week. We call it The Leading Edge. And it's presented by our friends at Leading Edge Physiotherapy. And in this week's edition of The Leading Edge, I am thrilled to announce that the flying car is becoming a reality. Yeah, that's right. Check this out. This is the Aska A5. The Aska A5 is changing the game when it comes to transportation that flying car, a reality now as seen as CES 2023. That's the Consumer Electronics Show. I mean, this is a really big deal. This is a real-life flying car. Like, in theory, it'll be driven on the road, and it can also take off to fly through the sky. Now, it's right now just at conceptual stage, but Aska's working on getting this car road-certified, Here's the deal, it requires minimal updates to current road infrastructure. In other words, it's not gonna take a life-changing, highway-renovating, road-busting, billion-dollar move by government to allow private citizens to own the ASCA A5. It fits in existing parking spaces, It can be charged at home or at EV charging stations. It's a hybrid, so it's powered by lithium ion battery packs and conventional fossil fuels, which can act to charge the batteries just like existing hybrid vehicles. It's aerodynamic and maximized when it comes to interior space, so it can actually carry four passengers And when it's in flying mode, its wings unfold with six different rotors so it can take off, Johnny, in in two ways. Either straight up from a helipad or a classic runway takeoff. This is the Aska A5, and because it's utilizing existing infrastructure while pushing the boundaries of conventional travel, because it's making good on humankind's desire to fly anytime we like, because it allows us to dream big, about what might be someday, even soon, the Aska A5 is on The Leading Edge. Presented by our friends at Leading Edge Physiotherapy. Life shouldn't hurt. Oh,
2: I don't know. <laughs> like, like, amazing. Remember Back to the Future? You know, we were all supposed to have flying cars like 10 years ago. I just want... How does this How does this work once, once can, we have flying cars?
1: Can we state one of the... Obvious major problems here Is that you're going to have A bunch of people flying around I mean, That don't have pilots licenses People are
2: asking in the
1: chat Like
2: <laughs> I think of like the, the fifth element With Bruce Willis And like People are just darting around And like there's no lanes And yeah
1: so we're going to have to rely on AI for this, of course. Right? We're going to have we, we look at the technology that we see in, in some of the EVs right now. I mean, I think like Tesla, for example, mm-hmm. and people will say, "Well, these cars can drive themselves, and you can exactly. basically they're have a nap autopilot. in the driver's seat, and they're yeah. going to drive around." So maybe the Aska A5 will have uh, collision mitigation mm-hmm. measures. But just imagine you're stuck in traffic, and everybody else out has their GMCs <laughs> and their Fords, and you've got your Aska, and you're stuck in traffic, and then just. Zzz, <laughs> You take off and <laughs> off you go. I love it. I love that kind of stuff. Well, coming up on Saturday, we're really excited to present the second annual Real Talk Pond Hockey Classic. Uh, we've still got room for two more teams before this thing sells out and you can check it out at ryanjesperson.com. Just click on events. Uh, The sooner that you register, the better. This is going to be a day of celebrating Canadiana. It's going to be a day of supporting a couple of wonderful charities. That's Uncle and Aunts at Large and Kids Sport St. Albert through our partnership with the Canadian Progress Club of St. Albert. There's going to be burgers from our friends at Dairy Queen. We're going to have cold beers. We're going to have bonfires, although I'm not sure how many people are going to be gathering around those fires have you seen the forecast for saturday it's, it's not going to be that bad oh it's going to be stunning it's going to be it's a high of zero it's a low of minus seven which so it's is like, like
2: alberta spring perfect
1: <laughs> it is and you don't want it too cold for obvious reasons but you don't want it too warm either well, We mean, need ice. we're on ice yeah. we need the ice uh, and then, of course, we're going to have some pretty wonderful music. Of course. Johnny Infamous is going <laughs> to oh, be there spinning yeah. the tunes. But I wanted to show something off, and, and for everybody on the podcast, I'll do my best to describe it, but I want to I want to show this on YouTube. You know the artist Louis Lavoie. Mm-hmm. He is a celebrated artist here in Alberta.
2: Oh, is this art? I love art. <laughs> Johnny loves art, everybody knows. Check
1: this out. Uh, this is an original painting that Louis Lavoie has just completed and donated to the Real Talk Pond Hockey Classic. It is an original... It is absolutely beautiful—a pond hockey scape. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, probably by the time you hear this, you can go check out my Twitter uh, at Ryan Jesperson. I'll also have it on my Instagram on my Insta stories. We're going to be auctioning this off, and we're going to we're going to kick off the auction today, Johnny, and we're going to wrap up the auction at three o'clock in the afternoon nice. on Saturday. It's going to be silent auction style. We're going to keep it simple. You can bid on Twitter or bid on Instagram. And then, of course, we're just going to have pen and paper at the silent auction table at the Real Talk Pond Hockey Classic itself and every cent, obviously, of the proceeds of the sale of this painting donated by artist Louis Lavoie will go to the partner charities. And so we're really excited about that. We're also going to have other fundraising opportunities. This is beautiful. Was that
2: done for the Pond Hockey Classic? He literally painted it
1: three days ago for the Pond Hockey Classic, and he's donated it to us. And so we're really excited about that. So again, check out my Twitter or check out my Instagram. If you'd like to see what this painting looks like up close, zoom in on it. The detail is absolutely magnificent. I mean, there's a very good chance that maybe we're going to be placing a bit or two because I'm going to have a hard time seeing it leave our studio.
2: got to bump up the donation.
1: But I think that somebody, somebody is going to get their hands on an absolutely beautiful masterpiece, an original by Louis Lavoie. That's coming up on Saturday at the Real Talk Pond Hockey Classic. As mentioned, our friends at Dairy Queen are going to be there. That's the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. And there were a couple of things that I wanted to mention about them before we say goodbye for today. It's January 31st, Which means that it is the final day of their buy one, get one free special when it comes to the classics, the DQ sandwich and the DQ dilly bar. Wyatt and I crushed a couple of those last night after playing some
2: shinny. I had three last night and my wife was like, what are you
1: doing? Our little guy, Wyatt, he says to me, I said, you want a sandwich or you want a dilly bar? Because we've got both in the freezer. He goes, eh, I think the sandwich is a little too small. I'll go with the dilly bar. So what are you talking about? But I love his attitude. Way to go, kiddo. Also wanted to put something on your radar as Valentine's Day approaches. We're like two weeks away, my friends. Why not consider ordering a triple truffle Blizzard cake. That's right. Start your Valentine's celebration on the right foot with a DQ cake. Romances in the air at the Dairy Queens of Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount, and in Sherwood Park at Baseline Road. Also, a big shout out to our friends at Eden Landscaping. You can find them online at landscapeedmonton.ca. You know, all this talk about warmer weather. I know we're not totally out of the woods yet, but it reminds us that those businesses, including landscapers that, of course, look to spring to kick off the real heavy lifting... They want to have the pieces in place before they do. Sometimes you got to pull permits. Obviously, we want to send your dream project off to the landscape architects that Eden works with to ensure that they nail down that perfect plan to bring your outdoor space to life. Today's a perfect day to reach out to Mike and his team Especially if you've been dissatisfied, maybe, with other landscapers or maybe landscape architects or maybe the builder of your dream home that left you with this uninspired bit of sod in that one lonely tree. That's Mike's dream project where he can work with your vision, add his personal touch, a custom landscape builder with more than 20 years of experience in Edmonton and area. We are proud at Real Talk to recommend our friends at Eden Landscaping. You can find them online at landscapeedmonton.ca. And of course, one quick note to help you save money. A lot of times, the Real Talk partners, when they're looking at things like rises in inflation, increased cost of living, the number one thing they want you to know is that they can help you you manage that and that includes the team at park power your friendly local utilities provider this is a family owned business they get how important the bottom line is take two seconds today to compare rates on electricity natural gas and internet they're in the game on all 3 and with this new promo code realtalk23 when you bundle those services they're going to knock off 50 bucks per service off your first bill. That's right, your first bill with Park Power, uh, parkpower.ca, 150 bucks knocked off if you go electricity, natural gas and internet with the promo code realtalk23. That's realtalk23 at parkpower.ca. Coming up on tomorrow's broadcast, I'm looking forward to connecting with Jessica Scott-Reed. She's just released a piece uh, in conjunction with popular Canadian singer Jan Arden. They're asking the Prime Minister's office why it's not doing anything about its promise to stop the export of horses for food. The story's flying under the radar, but not here on Real Talk. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson, Executive Producer Josh Dunford, Technical Producer John Hicks, General Manager Katie Cook Chivers, Account Coordinator Lawrence Durlego. Human Resources Lena Shepherd, Website Design Mike Johnston, VoiceOver by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Sapria Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandy Morin, Ann Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson member emerita julie roar real talk is recorded in edmonton alberta on treaty six territory the traditional and ancestral territory of the cree dene blackfoot soto and nakota sioux home to the metis settlements and the metis nation of alberta real talk is a relay project for more check out RyanJasperson.com.